Episode number 97, The Road to Self-Mastery. Pull that off. (laughs) All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right, we're at Casa de Hunt today. Yeah, the virtual Havana the virtual, well, no, it's the a, Havana Cafe is really all in the mind. But this Clay. is all cafe, cafe as well. Look, I got some coffee and you a do. nice little mug with some red poppy it's Japanese to uh, inspire your zen. I'm in a nice little table here, like we got set up. You got it's it. Like our little basement in Havana here, down yeah, here. Yeah, a little bit yeah. brighter. You got some natural light. Only thing light. we de- we need though is someone in the kitchen clanking the dishes around. I know, yeah. That's, I'm, I have to say, oh, I'm so sad. I'm yeah. going to miss that. Yeah, that's week. the only thing. That's that's the bit that's missing. We get that sorted and we'll be good to we'll go. We'll try and uh, clink our glasses together occasionally. Oh, that's it. That'll work. All right. So this week we're talking about self-mastery. Yes. So you want to talk about self-mastery. And I was kind of interested in how that topic sprung to mind this week in one of your yeah. clay sessions. Well, I think... It's a, it's a topic that I come in and out of or back to. So it's a cyclic, cyclical thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, and I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast last week or it might have been after the podcast as I was saying about finding my way back to myself through the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so part of that journey is getting back into some various different practices, really, um, to facilitate that. Yeah, all right. And as we'll discuss, sort of self-mastery is about the whole of the sort of mind, body, spirit, and being, as the Greeks would have said with the rete, being excellent in all ways that a person can be excellent, mind, body, spirit, intellectually, practically, physically, you know, that whole whole man, whole woman concept. Yeah. And I've always found with the self mastery piece is you just have to pick a thing and it almost what do you mean by that it, it almost doesn't mean like focus on through the body or, or, through, or yeah one yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Well, two things one pick an activity so we talk about and you're reading the, the book the craft of the warrior and he mentions the path with heart and colors yeah. consternator um, he went off to New Mexican desert, met his yaki man of knowledge. Yeah. Actually, he was, he was doing an anthropological study. He was working on his thesis. And so he was only out there to be right. to, to study. And then he ran into Don Juan. And that's not his real name, but that's the name that he called him. Um, and then slowly over time, he became Don Juan's apprentice and started See, to... See, I feel like the universe keeps telling me to read these books, so... Yeah, they're, they're, we're going to have to do it soon. I mean, they're all along this, you know, they remind me very similarly to what you're writing about in your, your novel. So they're all very, yeah, it's, it's in that kind of genre. So yeah, he journey, was, a, yeah, philosophy. was a, a professor or a student actually found yeah. this guy, got introduced him to some esoteric knowledge. And through his time with Don Juan, he began to see that what we see through our senses isn't necessarily all that there is. Like we were talking, was it last week we were talking yeah, about that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he begins to experience different things. Um, so I was saying all that to say that you one pick in the past. So, um, in fact, I'll read that because that's one of my favorite qu- quotes on there. Is he says, because he was saying that you almost, it does almost doesn't matter. And the question that you ask yourself is, does this path have a heart? Um, and essentially what he's saying by that, that it, it actually doesn't matter. All that matters is if it has a heart, the path is good. If it doesn't, it's of no use to you. But both because both paths lead to nowhere. But one has heart and the other doesn't. One makes you feel joyful, makes for a joyful journey as you follow it, while the other will make you curse your life. One makes you strong, the other weakens you. Um, and it's the dedication to whatever that path is. And the path could be yoga, it could be bodybuilding, it could be... Yeah. Bonsai tree cutting. It could be reading yeah. tea leaves. It's an activity that physically embodies the inward journey that you're really on yep. to self mastery. And the other part of picking a component, as in you have to have all three in balance. So the mind has to be in balance, the body has to be in balance, and 
the spirit has to be in balance. And those three things together have to be in balance. So you, if any one of those is out of balance, then the whole of you is out of balance. But if you work on one, you work on the others right. simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and so you can pick which way that you want to yep. approach that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And I liked all this reading. It really appeals to my uh, my nature in terms of, you know, the the idea of training and methodicalness and uh yeah yeah i, yeah, I, well, I like it and i think you do you really like reading some of the literature as well so mm. yeah reading the const uh, carlos constaneda um, i like, I like the idea that you know it, there there was that whole thing on which i thought of you about how and it was in the craft of the warrior by this robert spencer about how the path to self-mastery is through discipline mm. and that this might seem bad news for people who are looking to get free of all the rules of society and all the, you know, things that hold, hold you in place, I suppose. Um, so of course I thought of you, yeah. uh, but actually I thought it was quite a good, I don't know, sort of insight that it's through discipline that we're actually becoming more free that we're releasing ourselves from all the, you know, habitual stuff that we do that actually is informing all of our actions subconsciously. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so discipline to freedom. Yeah, discipline yeah. to freedom. And the caveat to that, because that almost would seem to me that, you know, discipline rules that you wouldn't, but there's also that aspect of what held in that quote there that actually people can get lost on their path as in they think the path is to be all end all and there are no other paths and then they get fundamentalist on you and they yeah. try to convert yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. to their path um whereas in this kind of mentality it's there yeah. isn't you're not attached to whatever path you are you pick a path yeah and um, but you're not attached to the path because ultimately you know that the path doesn't matter it's just a means to an end and if we tie this in with the sort of mysticism that it means to an end could be the enlightenment piece um it could be the the i guess stepping into the fullness of being a human being so if, if we think of some of the Jungian stuff this whole individuation and becoming whole like completely whole as opposed to being fractured through different personalities and developing one strength over another um, this is about finding your way back to a, a wholeness and also seeing through your um, seeing through the, the various different lenses or perspectives or uh, that that act as filters to what's actually there I guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there was a really good um, quote that I'll read about the different path idea because yeah. he says basically that um, he's sort of talking about the habits or the qualities that lead towards self-mastery. Mm. And one of the habits is sort of an arrogance that your way is the only way. Yeah. And so he was saying, remember, habits are dangerous. Habits not only affect behavior, but perceptions, emotions, and thoughts. Attitudes become habitual. Emotional responses become habitual. And then they're the only way that you can see the world. And he says, no one is more arrogant than someone who is so caught up in their habits that they cannot understand how another person can interpret things in a different way or can desire to do something differently. Such people have little tolerance for differences among others. And their imprisonment in their own habits form the basis for all this like bigotry, basically. And I thought that was a really good... Because, mm. you know, in a way, the, the other thing that I like about this is very much like in line with the whole yoga thing and the whole Buddhist thing that I, you know, sort of practice. And I think the thing is, is it takes things away from the personal a little bit. You know, like in that sense, we see that other people's arrogance or our own arrogance isn't a personal, like, failing in terms of we're a bad person because mm. or that person's a bad person because but because they're trapped in their ha habits you know and their and their worldview is small yeah 
And, and that's the sort of perspective on the lack of freedom that this approach sort of because you almost don't realize that you're a slave do you yeah that's right and then the whole thing about self-mastery i guess because i think when you first brought up this topic i was like you know i don't really know what to read about that or i don't really know kind of what my thoughts are on that which i suppose is the whole point of doing this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's like yeah i just i I think that the thing i'm the, the most kind of basic thing I'm taking away from that basic idea of self-mastery is if you're not in control of yourself, if you're not a master of yourself, then what is? It's all the habits that are controlling you, which is exactly what Buddhists would say. That, you know, you've got to drive the boat. You you know, you can't have all your habits and just habitual responses to things drive the boat, which is what we're mostly doing. And the same thing with all the mind training that you know, I try and work on and sort of try and pass on as, as limited as my experiences, which is you're not actually in control of your thoughts most of the time. And I think that is a really important first recognition. So like whenever someone says, I can't meditate, it's like, no, that recognition is the awesome first recognition mm. that you're not in control of your thoughts and that you can't just quiet your mind when you want to. And then... You have to ask yourself, if you're not in control, then what is? I suppose then that leads us back to this whole self-mastery thing. Like, But that's the journey. That's the impetus it? to do yeah, it. Absolutely. The journey is to figure out what all your habits are. And we'll talk about that list of things that you could do to, if you want to go down that journey. But yeah, so habits is one of the huge ones. So in fact, we, if I just introduce that now, so... If you were on this journey of, of self-mastery, and you mentioned um, habits already, but so essentially what you want to do is increase your personal power. And it's not about power over others, but power over self or mastery over self, as it were, so that you have full um, connection and command of all of your sort of faculties in that end. And, that, and that's almost a continuous all the way through and beyond death, I guess, process. Because one of the things you got to do in order to claw back your personal power is to identify what your power sinks are, habits being one of them. And there's habits. They're the of, things that suck your power away. Yeah. yeah. So you got yeah. habits of thought, as you said. You got mm. hab- habitual ways of reacting or, or emotional reactions. You got habitual ways of, you know, just doing every simple, normal things. And some of my workshops that I do, you can, you know, and, and others have probably come across both these. And they're very, really simple ones. And sometimes we introduce these when we talk about change. Um, people probably wear their watch on the same wrist all the time. If you get a group of people in a room, get them to change their watch to the other hand and just watch how <laughs> how messed up it makes them all and then how, how often you check that hand that your watch used to be on because you don't actually think about it you know you got these habitual things which is to glance down they see what time it is you switch your watch to the other hand you'll notice that you'll be looking at your the opposite hand that the watch is no longer on just habitually looking for the time um and the other thing um kind of get them to do is or or to think about as well is just think about the order in which you get dressed you know do you put your trousers on first you put your shirt on first, put your socks on first. The thing they first. had in this was which foot shoe yeah, which, do you put on Yeah, which shoe do you put on? Which, and I think I definitely put on my which, right Which leg do left. you put in your trousers first, right or I left? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have to think about it. And I'll have to those, do it because I can't think about it. But those, and, those are, and that's the point. Those are all habits and they're useful yeah. habits because you don't have yeah, to, yeah. you know, imagine if you had to think about everything all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's about identifying what those habits are and understanding how they control your life. Or even, even we probably all take the same way into work yeah. every day. And if you if you do any commuting by bus or by train, even by plane in my instance, and you're on the regular flight, 
people go in the same cart. <laughs> the yeah. gym to sit in the same seat. Oh, that's so true of yoga too. Everyone's got their space. Yeah. And yeah. And, and 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 they feel put out if someone's oh, sitting yeah. in their seat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, My Whoa. mother was joking about this actually because she came to visit last week and she's been going to this exercise class for years and years and she like they were laughing about we were laughing together about how like you get attached to your space and then someone new comes in and sits in your space and everyone around is looking like Ooh, that's so and so space. Don't sit there. Yeah. But it's <laughs> but imagine the things that you miss. Like even our town. If you think about where we live at, how much of this town have you actually seen? So we have some different routes to get to different places. But it's a big place. And how many side streets have you know you actually walk down to see it? So if we say, well, I'm in Limington. You know, in your head, Limington is only those little routes that you've no, gone to. Yeah. But you have no experience of yep. the rest of Limington. But it's just a habit, isn't it? A habit yeah. of how do you get to. So some of this is about breaking those habits. That there was a quote that at first I was like, I don't know. But actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that's really right on. And he says in his book, this Spencer, Robert Spencer, Spencer says in his book, in ordinary life, planned actions are very rare. Hmm. And I was like, that sounds crazy at first because it's like my whole life is planned out. Do you know what I mean? Every week I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing at this time. And I, I bet most people feel like that. Most people feel like, no, 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 my life is full of planned actions hmm. and stuff. But, but I think if you think about that more, and you think about the level of action that he's talking about in terms of are you actually aware of the decisions that you're making to act in certain ways or to think certain thoughts or to perceive things in certain ways, then actually, yeah, I think that there's something in that that most of our interactions are largely predictable based on our habits. And also he was saying sort of, where was it? He said, most people have a staggering profusion of habits, habits of behaving, habits of perceiving, habits of feeling, habits of thinking. And a lot of energy goes into maintaining these habits. And it's like habits of who you, who you think you are, what you think habits you should look belief, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I mean, me and my whole like, struggle well and also my whole struggle with like you know wanting people (laughs) to like me and you know make everyone happy and i don't know if it's a wanting everyone to like me quite as much as it's a i want to please other people people. yeah people pleaser i'm a people pleaser and you know that is very true i'm so aware i'm a praise monkey you're in a yeah oh you're a praise monkey praise monkey yeah okay but I could blame it on astrology because Leos, that's a trait of Leos, isn't it? Okay. Is that they like to be in the limelight. They like praise and all that kind of stuff. I could blame it on my personality type. Yeah, Myers-Briggs is ENFP, which is it's another one of It's funny these things, though, because it, once you start <laughs> thinking about your own thing and you get mm. actually a bit real with yourself, you're like, yeah, I do spend an awful lot of energy that's totally unnecessary. And, you know, with my own men, you know, meditation practice, it's like, yeah, I know now. I, I'm not, I, I don't always have, and, and most of the time I don't have the ability to let go of these thoughts, but at least now I'm at the point in my practice where I'm very aware mm. of how often I've spent spinning my head thinking about, oh, this person, what do they think about this that I said? Or, you know, just. Yeah. Do you know another know. Good, good, uh, writer to add to this and uh, to the thought that you're doing is Robert Anton Wilson? Um, Prometheus Rising. That's another good oh, you've one. Read, to, you've recommended yeah, that yeah. before, yeah. Because they, because they, like, for instance, again, habits of thought. So some people mm. consider themselves to be liberal or Democrat or socialist yeah, right. or that, and then that becomes your worldview when you see the world through those lenses. And one of the challenges that he has for a week is to buy all the opposite magazines. So if you're a conservative, buy all and yeah. read only liberal stuff and be a liberal for a week. Think like them, act like them. So just to break you out of your yeah. habitual thinking as- aspect. Yeah. Um, and the, so, yeah, so, the, okay, so, so the, 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 I think the habit one is a, is a huge one. And as you say, think about all the energy that's, and we'll talk about energy and your power that's sunk into maintaining these Those habits. habits. Yeah. So, so going back all the way to the beginning of self-mastery, mm. I guess, I want to come back in a way to like one of the first questions you might ask, which is, 
what is it really and why do we want it? Which I guess we've sort of hinted at, but like... I think so. Why do we want it? Yeah, like it seems like an awful lot of effort, so there's got to be a reason to do it. Do you know what I mean? it's It's easier to just go with your habit so why would well, we want to like why do we why would we want to go on this path of self-mastery but not everybody does because uh, you know again it's one of these things where you're right it's a lot of work it's a lot of you know, like a lot of people want to be you know thin and healthy but they won't go to a gym or they won't eat correctly because it's required work but so yeah it really is an individual question of how much so you mentioned freedom so do i want to totally be free do i want to be the best version of myself is another thing to look at. So do I want mm-hmm. to be the best me that I possibly can while I'm here? Yeah. And then what does that look like? What does that entail? Um, and so self-mastery looks to answer that question to be the best version of yourself. Um, and through one of these paths or means that you are going to make that journey. I think Jung said... Um, or Freud or one of them and probably all of them the <laughs> Jung and Freud of, would probably be really unhappy at getting mistaken yeah, for each other wouldn't they that's <laughs> all crammed in my head who cares um, they're dead yeah exactly and, and but it was only about this you know you, you have these different journeys don't you so people that go on the outer journey but their only real important journey is in the journey I think that was Jung so at some point you make that in the yeah. journey whatever that is and one of the things I've always liked about um, some of the uh, Japanese philosophy is that you use the external as a means to facilitate the inner journey. Okay. So if I was doing archery, so if you see Zen in the art of archery, so I'm learning about yes. the spirituality in the inner world through my mastery of archery. Yeah. And I'm only ever going to be able to master the archery when you master yourself. When I master myself. Yeah, and right. all the sort of thoughts that go but, into yeah, it Yeah, and there was, there's quite a lot of books on sports in that way, isn't there? That mm. like too much thinking gets in the way and how you have to sort of get into an inner game. Well, we were talking about that last it's week with inner the inner game, game of And we talked tennis. about flow in previous yeah, podcasts. That's right. The athletes so, go for the, yeah, get to the sort of flow. That's true. So yeah, so the why is... If you get to a point where you say, yes, I want to be the best me that I can be. And so you start on a journey of figuring out how to go about that. Um, And for me, it's that other part of, you know, can I reach my full potential? I know we started off our exploration thinking about exploring uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And his very top one is self-actualization. So if you look at that as another self-mastery, self-actualization, so becoming who you are meant to be or can be or your full potential. So on the very top is that self-actualization. But you can't get to that place until you make sure all the other needs below that is actually met. But from, I think, Maslow's point of view, it almost seems an innate drive to head mm-hmm. towards self-actualization. As you tick off the bottom things, you know, the you know, the sort of bodily stuff, you know, food, shelter, water, clothing, then you yeah. get into the relationship aspect. Right. Once you tick those off, then you're free to then turn inward towards yeah, yeah, the sort yeah. of self-actualization piece. And I guess from this point of view, there's a drive towards that. Now, you know, we can tie a whole bunch of different podcasts that we've done because some would argue one a couple arguments one that we're herd animals so it's easier just to be a part of the herd and just to habitually so i'll just oh i definitely agree with that well yeah it's a lot easier i'll just you know i'll I'll just say and i might as well beat up on my friend the the veganness right (laughs) go for it or anyone. I mean, if you just pick any political affiliation, I don't know if you just say I'm, you know, I'm a liberal or whatever, or conservative. But then you so attach your identity to that that everything else falls out of it. But then the way that you see the world is only through those eyes, and then you close down all the other possibilities yeah. that could be before you. There was another concept about collapsing the wave. Did we talk about that before? No. Um, I think they borrow it from quantum physics. 
And that's another area if you're into this kind of self-mastery stuff. Yeah, we totally have to do stuff on quantum um, physics. I love it. That's They've come because there's two aspects there. You know, you've got quantum physics, the science bit, but there's quantum yeah. physics, the whole sort of spirituality yeah. kind of piece of that as well. But anyway, there's this concept of collapse in the wave um, that the moment you make a choice, then you collapse all of the possible wave. So before you make a choice, there's infinite possibilities, basically. Right. But the moment you make a choice and begin on that action, you close down all the other waves. Of, yeah. And you're on that particular path right, that you've taken. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which, you know. I think, you know, along those lines in terms of thinking about other people's perspectives, too, mm-hmm. I feel like there's sort of a, for me personally, there's sort of, two things that attract me about the whole self-mastery and one of course is that it's I don't want to feel like I am first of all like you're saying only seeing half of what's actually there Mm. or less than half probably and I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my thoughts in terms of I know exactly I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life (laughs) and and we fit in our (laughs) matrix quote for the day check yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but I think, yeah, there's that that will to be free of the habitual stuff. But I think the other thing that really appeals to me is there is something about taking like the the person who is on this path to self mastery takes full responsibility for their life. Mm. And I think that in my own experience, there is a drive in me to try and do that to the best of my ability. And I know like so, so often I fall short of that, but there's a real level of gentleness and compassion when someone takes full responsibility for their own life, because you're not putting your own, you know what, on other people. And you're not, you're not making other people suffer because you're upset or you can't deal with something that's going on for you. I think that when you see people that have that ability to take responsibility for themselves, they can hold anger, they can hold sorrow, they can hold all of these things and really feel them to the fullness of that emotion, but they don't somehow force you to take that on. Yeah. And I think for me, I do find this with myself. I don't, I don't know how, what, why this is. I don't know if it's like an introverted thing or it's an energy thing or what it is, but I do feel sometimes very vulnerable to other people's energy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of because I feel the impact of other people's energy that they're not able to hold themselves. I feel like the best thing I can do is do that from learn how to do that so that I'm not putting that out on other people if you see what I mean yeah so in that sense there's sort of I feel like two impulses to the self-mastery thing there's like it benefits you but it also benefits everybody else because there's um one of the special categories of power sinks and power leaks is self-importance which is what you get in yeah you read that yeah. chapter yeah, yeah yeah so tell me well that's along that whole sort of, um exactly what you just explained so some of this about the ego but and also the importance of you and and you know people you just described in that way that pull everybody else into their other drama is because of their own sort of self-importance as in my world is collapsing other people should be paying attention to the world around me collapsing and they just kind of bleed their energy off into others. Right, yeah. Um, so I think that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of the self-importance, of course, also would be the whole sort of, the whole sort of ego piece as in identifying with the ego self. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, yeah, so. Um, I think I think that's the sort of, the uh, a different wording for what, Um, the meditation path would say about the best and most compassionate thing you can do is train yourself, you know, because people often get into this thing, like it's not helping others. It's only about me and my own enlightenment or my Mm. own, like whatever, but actually you doing it for yourself is helping other people. And, and there's this saying of like, 
do no harm, if possible, do good. So actually, the first part is do no harm. And this seems to be like, you know, one way of thinking about the path to do that is in order to do no harm, you actually have to be conscious of what you're doing in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So then. All right, well, let's take a quick break and then we'll pick up on that space. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. Our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience, our community of contemplators like you, and we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks and back to the show. Okay, so self-mastery and the hunt for self-mastery. And I think it was a good question that you asked in terms of why would anybody want to do it? Because it it does require you to up your level of self-awareness it does require discipline it does require it becoming like it's not a sometimes thing it's an all the time thing it becomes a daily practice from even like drinking a cup of coffee and when you talk about mindfulness and that kind of thing and you know you're not gonna start telling me that i should give up coffee are you well not to give up it but when you drink your coffee are you actually paying attention to sometimes you know the drink that first sip i am the warmth of the glass and the feel of the liquid and all those sorts of things that you become much more attuned and aware to because i sometimes think and and here's an exercise to do for the listeners and you know when's it like the last time you actually looked at a tree and felt the bark and seen all the different grooves and things living in it and all those because we just tend to classify things in our in our heads it's like your mind's looking to make connections as soon as it makes a connection it says that's that that's yeah. this and then you can just kind of move on and it pushes it out of your but, mind you so know, you see the thing and you think that's a tree and that's it yeah yeah but yeah. do you actually really look at it and the other thing with that is, as well as with people, like think about this, and I don't know if you ever had this thought, that some people you meet, like some of the people I ran into t- today, I'll never see them again ever mm-hmm. in my lifetime or their lifetime. Once in a lifetime occurrence with that person. Hmm. Isn't that just, that's, that sometimes just boggles my mind that there's just some people you'll never ever see again. Yeah. Even though... Particularly when you travel, too. Isn't when you it? Tra- like, or even in your town. You know, there's yeah, some yeah. people in my yeah. little town that I would have seen. And I, and because it's a smaller town, I might see them again. But the chances are, because we don't move in the same social circles, don't work yeah. together, I don't belong to anything in joint common. We just happen to live in the same town. I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't often think about that, no. Yeah. But, yeah. And even like your, some of your friends. You, I'm too uh, busy you know. trying to please everybody. Uh, yeah, no, but no, it just, you know. <laughs> I'm not actually that good at it, though. Yeah. Um, so I think the thing is, though, all of these exercises, like putting your watch on a different hand, paying attention to how you get dressed. Like, get dressed, or looking at a tree or something. I think what the other thing I really liked about the craft of the warrior's approach to it, and this is that Robert Spencer book again, is he talks about how these are just activities to do to become aware Mm. of how many habits you have, how many levels of habitual perception and, and all that kind of stuff you have. And, but it doesn't mean then that you have to, it doesn't mean that the path to self-mastery then is to focus that level of attention on everything all can't. the time. You, exactly. You wouldn't be able to exist in the world. So so it's I, I think that that's the sort of thing is that these activities are really good to do for a particular purpose, mm. not to become the way that you live. You know, they're like it's like training. Yeah. Right. So then um, if I had written down the um, page number, I could quote you it. But basically, there's a there's a part in his whole thing about power sinks where he says, 
that to change means bringing an awareness and a sort of conscious control over our actions. But it doesn't mean throughout the entire process. It means at the, at the moment of decision-making. And I, like, I liked that because it's basically like you don't have to pay attention to every tree, but you do have to choose whether that tree is important to pay attention to at that particular moment or if that's something that you're going to do yeah. rather than just habitually disregarding it. Is that is that right? Yeah, there's a there's the self-awareness piece, isn't there? Making conscious choices, I think, is what you're getting at. So, yeah, yeah I'm not going to, if I needed to get somewhere, I'm not going to stop and look at every single tree just because I, the tree is there. Because it's not that Because then you'd be like my four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then there, point, you know, at the same time, do you ever, do you, are you rushing to get somewhere and you don't actually need to be rushing to get somewhere? Or can you slow down and be aware of where you are? And then there's an element of the quality of life that comes from paying attention yeah. and that you have to sort of harness that as yeah. well. So yeah, I liked that. I think that it's more, again, it's all about internal sort of, training and mastery and, and, and that, that you're thing. making you're making choices well i think it's a well it's a and i was gonna we talked about talking about a wall but it is a way of life a wall a wall for some my friends that are listening that are old soldiers would be absent without leave and which of course is you know you go to jail for that um but in here in britain in a certain part of a club scene it stands for a way of life mm-hmm. um and a lot of these practices, it's about it being a way of life and an all-the-time thing, not that I'll go do it two hours on every Tuesday and Thursday I think type the thing, thing. Yeah, I think the yeah. thing that I get caught up in is like a lot of times when people talk about mindfulness, they talk about that thing, like to really taste the, every sip of the coffee, every taste, you know, this. And that's those are really good practices hmm. to get yourself into a place where you understand the level of mindfulness that you can achieve in doing something and doing one thing. But that doesn't, it's sort of, I think it sometimes is misunderstood or else it's sort of understood in the sense that we're supposed to all walk around like, you know, washing the dish very slowly, looking at the dish, you know, like we mm. never get anything done. But you know, it's not that, it's, it's not, if so for mindfulness, but that is a form of mindfulness, but I'm thinking of mindfulness and we talked about last week in my martial artist is that if you, if you're not aware of being in present and being in being and doing what you're doing, yeah. there's things that you miss because yeah. you've become attached to some thought. Yes. I'm attached to this plan that I've so got. So it's more do. on that level of of trying to peel away the It's not lenses. being attached to something, mm-hmm. whatever that might be, attached to drinking the coffee because that would lose you if I'm just painting. But it's almost, it's almost a, I liken it to like a fuzzy vision that you're kind of in space and time and you're you're not necessarily focused on one thing, but you're fully centered and, Present. Like wide perspective, basically, like yeah. opening out. Yeah. Then you are able to notice other things that are around you, able to notice the smells, notice the sights, notice the sounds, notice the way that you're feeling. Um, you know, notice clues that might actually be helpful to you and what you know you're trying to do. Like you know, even if you're solving a problem at work, the harder you push and try and work on it and try and rationalize it and push through it, you're closing down all the very avenues that might actually lead you to is that why my son's having massive tantrums when he can't win the next level of his uh racing car game maybe and then maybe he just needs to go out and take a walk and let his (laughs) that's what i'm telling him chill out and relax one day he'll listen to me Yeah. yeah just go for a walk you know so also in this reading and this is where we're gonna go into your other favorite nietzsche hmm but uh well, I really liked that other article that we read on, on Nietzsche's gymnastics of will in that higher existence blog, because what it, it sort of flips everything around and is like the habit habits are sort of the stuff of our lives. And what we actually are trying to do, or at least that's what he's saying is 
you can sort of bring it together with the craft of the warrior and say, yes, we're trying to peel away old habits or release ourselves from the grip of habitual reactions and thinking. But we're also trying to create new positive habits. And so habits in this sense, even a habit to discipline in certain ways is something that can be really supportive of the the sort of path of self-mastery, I guess. Mm. It's, it's part of discipline. So he has, <laughs> I really liked this guy. He was really funny in his writing. I'll put it up on the show notes. But he uh, he, he he writes under this um, section, habits, the unsexy building blocks of the good life. So he says, habits aren't flashy. They're not sexy. They're not shiny. They're not quick fixes. And most people overlook them in search of a more convenient or luxurious solution to their problems. But in truth, your habits, the patterns of thoughts and actions you play out every day are what your life is made of. And I think that's the sort of thing is that actually the pat, like whether you want to use that image of, of warrior, or you want to just talk about the path of self mastery or whatever else, they have certain habits in terms of like commitment to your practice yeah. and and levels of discipline so and levels of. If you want to be of, a great surfer, then there's yeah. a, there's a discipline that would go with that. There's mm-hmm. a routine that you would probably do and need to do, and there'd be a way of eating that goes along with that. There'd be a way of that's right centering your mind that goes along with that. So there would be a a total sort of mind body spirit immersion in whatever practice that you choose to do. Yeah, and then actually, in back to the craft of the warrior, he actually says similar in that he says, um, let me see if I can find it. He's sort of talking about how, about discipline again. And he says that in order to free ourselves of our sort of habits that confine our thinking and direct our unconscious actions, if you want to put it that way, he says in order to to challenge our self-concepts, refocus our awareness, cut the tethers of our beliefs, rechannel our emotions, open our senses to new perceptions, and find new filters through which to process information. This cannot be done in a hit and miss, all get around to it when I feel like way. So, and then he says, you know, warriorship requires discipline. But, you know, I think that that suggests that it requires an effort to establish new habits and habits that are not um, limiting, but mm. habits that support the opposite. Whether yeah. that's like your habit in meditation yeah. or your habit to go to the gym or your habit to, I don't know, do what you need to do to surf well, whatever, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's almost yeah. like you establish a positive set of habits that are helping you on your path to self-mastery as opposed to, so when we're talking about the power sinks and power leaks, so in yeah. that instance, it's, eliminating those leaks and sinks so that you establish a set of positive habits that move you towards yeah that's right I think that's what that's what I was really like that's what really appeals to my I don't know just natural nature is like Mm. I like I like routine I like I feel like habit is the thing that helps me do what I want to do in my life and I think there's a there's a it's the habit, but not to become a, such an unconscious habit that it right. becomes a detriment again because you become yeah. attached. Yeah, you you're giving up autonomy to 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 think because yep. I'll yep. just yep. rotely do this thing. Yes. So it's always so it's sort of a bit different. Bearing. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's yeah, always, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so. Um, there was like a thousand different things that kind of came into my head at that one particular time <laughs> in terms of uh, the sort of whole sort of self-mastery piece. And and it doesn't have to be, as you said, it, you know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It just has to be picking a path and then kind of following that and kind of making that your way of life. And Okay, so let's... Uh, practicing it each day. Get back to you. So what are the... Mm. What's the path? So if you're if you're thinking about getting through the body and mm. through sort of physical movement, whatever you want to say, then what 
yeah, what what does that mean for you in terms of it? Well, for me, just purely physical, it's about pushing the boundaries of my physicality. Because what that then does for me is, if you could hear the conversations that are going in my mind when I'm feeling this pain or that out of joint, and you know, you make certain decisions and things and view. Mm-hmm. It's almost through adversity you become better. So how do I deal with that pain? How do I deal with yeah. being able to get to that next level that I want to attain that keeps pushing me to where yeah. I want to go, which, you know, again, requires a level of discipline, a level of willpower, a level of um, commitment to do what needs to be done to reach that next rung and then the next rung and then the next place and the next place. But it, through doing that, it allows me to focus as opposed to if I yeah. try to do everything simultaneously, try and pick up a meditation practice, yeah, try yeah, and do yeah, this, yeah, totally. try and do that, and try totally. and make all these different habits <laughs> that, you know, you just go, okay, what's the point? Why am I bothering? But keeping it sort of very, very simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's, that's, um, yeah. And yeah. I think there's a, and a, and a, Attached to that as well is, um, yeah, no, I'll leave that for another time. There's another part to that, but we'll leave it. We'll stick yeah. with this the body bit <laughs> for right. now. Cool. Yes, cool. Um, anything else we want to say on the whole no, self-mastery? But I li- no, but I liked the self-mastery, yeah. and I think that... Uh, uh, I think it's an interesting journey to go on at some point in time. You you know, not everybody wants to walk. Oh, I know what we missed, and I think it's a vital part of self-mastery hmm. before we close, is the whole idea of seeking the unknown. Because that's a big part of this craft of the warrior bit is the unknown, because it's in the unknown that you increase your power as well. So once you once you have mastered the power leaks and sinks and cl- plugged those up, established a set of positive habits... Then you have to go into the unknown. I think that's the thing about habits, isn't it? Is that the reason we cling to them is because we know them and they keep us in the realm of our like safety zone. Mm. But the reason you do it as a, in the warrior ends is because when you go into the unknown, you're going to be hit with stuff you don't know how to deal with. That's right. With. Yeah, yeah. And then these help to keep you grounded. Yeah. So, you don't so the positive lose habits. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, don't lose yeah, yourself in right. the unknown. Yeah. And this whole unknown bit is about pushing the boundary between the known and the unknown. And it's the constantly seeking to push that out in any number of different ways. Yeah, that was that was actually my other question that I had written down was all of this self-mastery thing really speaks to control, which we all love to do. You know, we love to have control of things. Mm. And so uh, one of the questions I sort of wrote down is what about vulnerability? And I guess this is sort of that piece of the puzzle, isn't it? It's like there's an aspect of being strong enough to be vulnerable to go out into the unknown, knowing that you're vulnerable or, or like in order to go out into the unknown, you have to be willing to be vulnerable, don't you? Because you don't know what to expect. I don't, so know, if it's, to, I don't know if vulnerable will be the word, the phrase that, that you'll come across is knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. Yeah. So I've written, yeah, yeah, exactly what I wrote down. Yeah. And, and there's that, whole thing too about having a path with heart mm. so i think there's something about to me there's something there and i don't really know because i think for me that phrase helps me a lot knowing what to do when you don't know what to do so what does that mean to you it allows you to let go and just do what what comes so some so maybe it is vulnerable or maybe i'm thinking of vulnerable in a different way so like for instance if i'm coaching like some people um they want to, you know, they go into coaching and they think that they're being a coach, but then they want to be in control. And I need to know what questions I need to ask. And right. do I have the right techniques? Yes. And then they're so focused on whether they're doing things right, wrong, and, or, you they're know, not listening. It, they're not listening and not paying yeah. attention. Um, and so their focus is on them and not on the other person. Whereas in this instance, if you just let go of that, I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. But you're going to say it and then... No, I'll, I know that I'm, I'm confident I know what to do when I don't know what to do. Yes, I So see I can go mean. into it completely that's, opened and focused on you. That's really interesting because I think that that's something you can only do once you have a certain level of experience. 
So it's almost like you sort of have to go through the yeah, well, learning to go through the, the yeah, journey, training. It's yeah, true. Cause yeah. I do find that with my yoga less mm. and less I plan my lessons because you don't really know who's going to show up sometimes mm. in your class or what people, you know, even if like some of my classes are, are booked. And so like in advance, so I know who's in them, but then you don't know someone could have had an injury that week and you walk in the door and then suddenly someone's telling you this and, if you've already got a lesson plan in your head, mm. then or, or yeah, you know. exactly, you're not necessarily responsive to the that's individual right. yeah. because you're focused but, on. But, but you. like you're yeah. saying, that's sort of just a metaphor for everything you can apply in life. Is sort yeah. of if you're so focused on controlling everything, then you're not actually well, even with beliefs as well. Like some people become fundamentalists because I'm afraid that you, if you show me a different belief, that it's going to invalidate everything I've ever. Yeah believed in so if, you know right. if i was you know raised a, yeah yeah yeah, know, yeah a fundamentalist christian for instance i can't entertain another f- yeah, system yeah. of thought because all these things i believed i've lived my whole life in this way and yeah, now you, yeah. so we kind of hang on to it but i think in this instance here you you're not attached to any of those things right um and so yes you know what to do when you don't know what to do yeah. And you aren't afraid to lose yourself because you know you'll find yourself again. So yeah, you're, yeah, and, and yeah, that's another, yeah. we haven't talked about fear and fear, fearlessness in there because that's another concept is this fearlessness because that allows you to push into. And I the think unknown. there's that fear and fearlessness. So it's yeah. the ability to feel fear. Because, mm. yeah. And, and then push- Which is, I suppose, what I mean by the vulnerability. It's like there's a, you have to earn some kind of strength in order to hold fear and still do something. Mm. It doesn't mean that you don't have, you're not scared of it, Mm. you know, but I think the ability to feel fear and accept it in is allowing some kind of vulnerability because you know, it's okay. Yeah. And fear is only just to mean that you don't have control. We usually fear things that we don't understand or we don't have control over. And I guess in this instance is knowing that you can't control everything, letting everything go. Yeah. And being okay with that because you're going to go on this journey. And guess what? But if you survive the journey, because there isn't any guarantee that nobody you survive. survives the journey, Clay. Yeah, but if if you survive going into the into the unknown, yeah, then you're going to. If you survive, you learn more, and then your unknown, your known becomes further extended. Yeah, right. And then you keep pushing that. Yeah. Thing, and we'll end on my quote from uh, the doors, the door, um, Blake. And the, there's, oh, thing, yeah, like, there's things known and things unknown, and in between are the doors. And that's a good space to end. And you know what? A that's a doorbell, <laughs> which is the replacement for the uh, plates clashing. Yes. So awesome. there you go. Very good. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our contemplate, our community of contemplators like you and we'd really appreciate your help in fact there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot one is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show another is going to itunes and giving us a review which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can people can come across it and you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website Thanks a lot.